Welcome back to another episode of the Soundcast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Bidoff, and coming up on this week's show, it's the offseason. I think that's about it. Um, anyway, this is episode number 22 of our show. Uh, and we want to thank everyone for their continued support of what we do here each and every week, uh, whether it's with the podcast, uh, listening to us on podcast services around the world, or if it's joining us here on the Twitch channel and being part of the show yourselves. Uh, you guys have been instrumental in our growth and the continued reach of what we want to do here uh, with Somos Unidos News, the podcast, and you know, everything that we do covering New Mexico United. We do have a discussion this week. It's probably not going to take us very long. Um, I do want to remind everyone that we do have written content over our website, dadventuresmedia.com. I don't know. We're still working out plans for the offseason, but we're going to try to get something up there, at least somewhat regularly. I don't know what yet, but we're going to we're gonna get something out there. Uh, with just that little bit of like housekeeping stuff out of the way, let me bring in my two, co- my two co-hosts, Jacob and Earl. Quick question, guys. What show are you watching right now? Did you just come up with that question? I Since did. Yes. Okay. I was like, that, that feels either we're really good at like predicting what you're going to ask us and talk about it a little bit before, or we, uh, or you just came up with it. One or the other. <laughs> no, just now. I, I just based on a conversation before the show. So, well, based on the conversation before the show, I'm currently watching Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm currently watching nothing. Um, my office and I have no TV in here. I have no like FTV. I mean I do have all the streaming devices, but nothing playing right now. Alright. Well is there anything that you guys are binge watching now that we're outside of the USL season? Binge watching no. We are it's kinda so I remember appointment television back in the day before streaming and and TiVo and recording and all that stuff. So uh, Mandalorian is basically Friday. I get off work. We make dinner. We sit down and watch the Mandalorian because it comes out Friday morning. And then we watch, we have been watching the voice every Tuesday and Wednesday. Cause we watch it a day behind when it actually airs on television, television. Cause we don't watch it on that. We watch it on Hulu. And then um, that's about it. Premier League and Bundesliga on the weekends. I don't really binge watch anything. I mean, I'm too ADD to sit down and watch probably the entire show. Um, but like on Tuesday nights before we do this, I am watching This Is Us. It's kind of like my uh, it's my time with my wife, who she can care less if it's playing or not. Um, I, I'd be in, I'll be in the bedroom like. Wait. Like, Wait, Becca. So she doesn't care to watch This Is Us? It's all you? It's all me. It's all me. <laughs> okay. While it's on, I'll be back there in, in the room together. Uh, I'll be back there like dead child weeping. And she's just looking at you like... She's just looking at me like, what the crap is going on? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And then I'll look at Milo. Everyone knows I have Milo. Um, and he'll start doing his crying thing. He'll cry with me. Uh, <laughs> then Friday is obviously Mandalorian. Other than that, it's pretty much hit and miss what my wife chooses on TV. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds all right. I mean, for me, it's just 
again, we've all been home for so long. I mean, I'm working from, I've obviously still been working from home full time. So I just saw Netflix or something in the background and uh, they just re-added the show Dexter. Uh, I've seen the entire series before. I decided to throw it back on. So I'm watching through that. Or before the show, you recommended Snowden. I actually added that to my list. I had a reminder set for it. I haven't watched it yet. But that's the kind of thing like I want to sit down and like, really like, give my attention to and not just like have in the background. My, recommend- my recommendation with that is exactly that. Don't just have it playing in the background. But also everything that you've heard from it, throw that out the window. Don't go in there with like your mind already made up that he's the guy. Um, if you actually sit there and watch it with an open mind, pretty freaking good considering the guy's a, a treasonist. But is that a word? We'll find out right now. <laughs> it might be. We can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have Dexter on in the background while you're working? Yeah. yeah. I've only seen a couple episodes. I've I've only seen a couple episodes of Dexter. It seems like a real heavy show to to just have on in the background. But I guess if you've seen it already, then it's not. Yeah, I, I yeah I've seen it before, so I don't necessarily need to like watch what's going on. Like I can kind of follow along with just the dialogue because a lot of it is like really like Dexter's like monologue, like and, you know what he's thinking and what it, you know his thought process, how he's going through it. Um, and it does a lot of uh, it's really just like a outside of the serial killer aspect of it, it's really just a kind of like a CSI. You know, they go investigate crime scenes and they talk about, you know, blood spatter and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, all those police procedurals all kind of like, you know, they're basically the same. So there's not a lot in terms of uh, like really it's like stuff you really have to pay attention to. But like like Dexter himself is like the most intriguing part of the entire show. So, yeah, it, it's something that you can watch in like a week or two. What did Dexter originally air? Uh, Showtime, I think. Yeah, pretty sure it's showtime. Treasonist is a word, and it okay. is someone who betrays his country by committing treason. I mean, it made sense. It just didn't sound like a word that I had ever heard. And I wasn't sure if it was, and that's why I was like, huh, maybe I made up a new word today. It wouldn't be the first time. Kudos on having a broad vocabulary. That, that was a made-up word, and it worked out in my favor. <laughs> Exactly. I get called every week by Grammarly that my vocabulary is uh, pretty expansive. So, you know, it's, you can always learn something new. Is that because there's little red scribbles under all your words? <laughs> yes, all those little red scribbles tell me that I misspell things. <laughs> it's like, this is not I, a I word. Week, vocabulary is pretty f- profane, if that counts. I, I only had the one week where I said my vocabulary was pretty profane, and that's when we test like 17 times on the episode. Yeah. That is true. That is true. But we are out of the season now. I don't think we're going to have too much swearing going on. Now, that doesn't mean we won't have moments where we won't want to. But uh, especially this week, I mean, well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. The news came out this week that Chris Weehan will be leaving New Mexico United. And it's kind of kind of ties into the overarching topic that we were going to discuss this week. Um, players Players that we thought were going to be leaving. Now, from our discussions previously, you know, both in our group chat and here on the show, we all felt like Chris was someone who potentially could be leaving, you know, for a better opportunity. Now, I don't think any of us expected him to go, 
to Orange County. Now, of course, he is from Orange County. Um, but I think it, we all kind of expected it to be more like an MLS type move for bees, uh, especially given the season that I mean, the really two seasons that he's had here and this year especially. Um, so, I mean, I, the reaction that I saw basically across the board was just heartbreak that bees was leaving. Uh, I haven't seen Facebook. I don't know what was said over there, but it just, you know, I think this is going to be the first of a couple, but what were your initial reactions to the announcement about bees? I was shocked about it. Um, just because, I mean, he is a really good talent. So I didn't really expect New Mexico to let him go. And I don't know. The news was broken to me by Sombrero, man. He texts me, or he messaged me on Facebook whenever the news broke sometime this week or last week, whenever it was. And I was like, oh, no way. So we got in a huge discussion over it. And he said he kind of saw it coming. I don't know. I That's a huge hole to fill with whoever they would decide to bring in for that one. I wasn't necessarily heartbroken about it. I was semi-surprised. I didn't think that he would leave unless it was for a better, not a better, a, a bigger league and more name recognition, especially because I feel like he's played good enough to to move on. Um, but at the moment, I know, I think a lot of what draws players to Phoenix and Orange County and possibly Reno, rest in peace. Um, yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute was that they will they have moved players on to to the MLS and to other places without needing an affiliation with a, another group and we have yet to see us do that um so if he felt like that offer wasn't going to be on the table um to move to Orange County of course him going home um Orange County having um ties to other places I know they have a, a kind of a deal with a club overseas um forgive me i know it's rangers but i don't know what league they are in um so i think it's a good move for him it's a smart move uh going home is always a plus you know we have several homegrown players on our squad that i think will remain um for the foreseeable future so so it made sense uh we're gonna we're gonna miss him though it is gonna be a big hole um, I am curious to see if we see, so, well, first let's, let's, let's get into the rest of the roster. Um, specifically Amondo and Raiden. Um, I seem, I think that we said something about Raiden being on a two year deal, but couldn't confirm it. Um, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if him and Amondo are on two year deals, which means we will have them next year as well. And if that is the case, I could maybe see Amondo moving into that 10 roll behind, behind the guys up front. And I feel like he's got a skill set that could lead to that. I, he had the same stat line as we had this year, uh, as far as goals and assists. So I could see him slide over and then we'd have to get somebody else to come play on the wing at a pretty high caliber. So, so I could see us trying to sign, a direct Weehan replacement or a Mondo replacement and move a Mondo into where Weehan was. Um, but either way, it's it's a big gap that we're going to have to fill because 
those players are are really good and had a really good season for us. What do you guys think about the rest of the roster? Who who do you guys have tabs on? Who do you think we are in danger of losing other than Weehan? Or Seth, do you want to talk about um, losing Weehan and how you felt first? Yeah, we can do that real quick. Again, it's just one of those things. Like again, I, I don't think any of us are really surprised. I mean, at least I I wasn't based on his level of play that yeah. we've seen. I feel uh, like I you was, were. I feel like you were the most set on him leaving out of the three of us. I feel like you were the most convinced that he was going to be somebody that we lost. Yeah, just watching him play, watching the way he carries himself, he's he's a leader, and no matter where he he's going to be. Um, and he's, he's proven time and time again that he's, he's a threat. Like he's obviously a chance creator. He can take shots from pretty much anywhere and he knows how to create space and, and just, you know, run through, you know, basically control the midfield and make those attacking runs. And, you know, he, he's an asset really anywhere. And so just watching the way he played, especially that tear that he had for about five or six matches, it just became abundantly clear that he was going to move on, at least in my opinion anyway. I mean, yes, it's a dis- it's disappointing to lose him, but I think I kind of I think I was kind of prepared for it, you know. I mean, I would I would be ecstatic if he had stayed, but I just didn't see that happening. Now, as far as repl- as far as replacing him goes, it's just it's going to be kind of tough. Like we were kind of talking about it in our group chat. I mean, you can't you can't bring in a, a first year guy, second year guy to fill that hole that that's going to be left by bees. Right. You need to bring in a veteran, uh, someone that maybe like Gleedle, but I mean, he signed for a uh, Minnesota United, but you know, somewhere, someone in that or Sergio Rivas, someone in that, you know, that's been around the league that has experience. That's a veteran. Maybe some, you know, someone that can slide in there and help create those chances for, for, for someone at the top. Like, you mentioned sliding Mondo in there. I mean, Mondo could do it, yes, but I think Mondo's much better off the wing or up top than he is playing through the middle there. That's just my opinion. Um, I mean, he definitely could do it. I mean, he, he's a professional. He should be able to adapt to whatever Troy has him do uh, should he stay. But, yeah, it, it was um, it was it's kind of expected that it happens. But, you know, that, we'll definitely miss him. I'm not disappointed that he left. I am disappointed that he went to another Western Conference USL club. Um, I would have liked to have seen him move on to something MLS-wise or anything, honestly. But um, yeah. but the fact that he went to a Western club that, you know, we we don't know what the schedule is going to be like next year, but I imagine we face him probably once at least. So it's I, – I wish we didn't have to go against him, basically, but – but if it leads to him moving on next year uh, after he spends a year in Orange County, then then that'll be good for him. But I, I just it's it's better than Phoenix. We'll give it that. That is true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You don't want to face anybody that you let go, especially someone of Bees' caliber. Um, and Jacob, you brought up a couple of different things in there talking about you know whether we're, we don't know what the schedule is going to be. Uh, we'd, as far as next year goes, there was a report that came out today. I saw it on over on Twitter. Supposedly, the league met this past week, and the governors voted to delay the beginning of the season until until May first. Yeah. Uh, I, I now this has not been confirmed, as far as I know. There was it was reported, but I mean at this point, like I understand, you know, 
given the the nature of COVID and all that kind of stuff, and you want to give people time to to you want to give number one the league time to establish what they're going to do as far as like a season format. Yeah. Um, not that they couldn't figure it out between now and then, but by giving them an extended period of time to do that, they can maybe you know maybe even improve upon what they did this year because I thought this year was pretty done pretty well given the circumstances. Um, it just sucks that we won't see USL action until May. See, I'm okay with that. I mean, me being a soccer fan, yeah, a sports fan in general, yeah, it sucks that it's going to be in May. But safety-wise, I mean, number one priority is safety. So, I see Jacob shaking his head, so I'm assuming he disagrees. Well, it's I don't disagree that the number one priority is safety. I just don't know. Like, we just pulled off a season without any knowledge of what's going on, really. And everybody came out of it pretty much unscathed. We had a few that couldn't finish their schedule, including us. But um, for the most part, it was fairly smooth. And you have November, December, January, February to figure it out. Like, I'm not, not saying that it shouldn't be delayed some. I just think delaying it till May, if they do it this early, I just don't understand the rush, which we haven't talked about the final being delayed, but it's, it's basically my same argument there. Just why, why rush to, to cancel or postpone until May when you have several months to figure it out. And if you end up getting to that point where it's, you know, January, February ish, and you're like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and push it back. Then I could see it. But if it came out today or this week or next week that it was going to be pushed back till May, that's when I have an issue with it. I just feel like it shouldn't be that shouldn't be pushed back that far this early. Well, the downside to waiting is that if clubs are able to, if clubs, go ahead and plan out like the first two and a half, two months of their season, basically, or well, a month and a half of their season, then you then have to go and rearrange everything. Should you wait to delay it? You know that. So that's why I can, I can see them going and saying, all right, let's just say, let's just go ahead and do this now. Apparently the MLS may be doing the same thing. You go ahead and delaying their season also, but yeah, again, that just it gives you more time to to settle it to get you know whether you do regions or whatever they do, you know, set a schedule, you know, make sure you have plenty of time to you know play matches and get as as much of a season as you possibly can. So I get it, you know. It, like I said, it's just it's just disappointing to not be able to see USL soccer, but it makes for one heck of a long off season, and you know we we had a content schedule that we had kind of put out there and kind of looked at and and uh you know if the season is delayed until may then obviously we've got to figure out something else to talk about uh for a month and a half so uh, tell me guys favorite beer <laughs> B-cast. B-cast, favorite beers all right food our food uh, See, our food travels of new mexico yeah exactly i think i'm a little disappointed though because so the first season last season i was able to celebrate my birthday with New Mexico United because my birthday is in late March. This year, I was planning on it. We played the day after my birthday. It was, was supposed to be the home game for El Paso on a Wednesday, and I was all excited. And then COVID took that. Okay, well, next year. 
Right now, COVID is going to take that too if they push it back to May. So that could be why I'm a little bit more bitter than you guys on this whole moving it back to May thing. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, my birthday is April 25th. So this past Sunday. We can start like May 2nd and it would be like, oh, okay, well, it's only a week later. For me, it's just screwed. Let me put this out there to you guys. 2021 USL returns. Full season beginning May 1st. New Mexico United gets a season home opener on Cinco de Mayo. Will there be fans? Will there be fans though? I, I don't. I don't know. That, that's the thing. It, and, and especially if there are fans. Like if it was full fledged fans, that'd be sick. But I'm hesitant because if, if there's no fans, then I'm going to be watching the game on ESPN Plus and I'm going to be pissed. It's going to be like, really, a home opener with no fans on Cinco de Mayo? This is stupid. Well, you know, hopefully by that point, at least we'll be allowed in, you know. Hopefully. So, we, so you know, we could be there maybe, but I, just throwing that out there. I don't know what's going to happen as far as that goes. I know, like, like even, like, NMSU and UNM can't, like, practice. Like, UNM football team is relocated to, to Las Vegas now. So, um, if, if you look at Jeff Grammer, it's a UNM LV or something like that. <laughs> it's like, this is what he's hashtagging, UNM LV. You know the basketball team. The Lobo basketball team was practicing out here in Moriarty last week. Yeah. Well, I, I know the governor made a statement today saying that if the if the uni- the universities know that there are legal ramifications if they don't follow these orders, um, and like the, the teams are not supposed to be practicing right now in, in groups of more than five. So yeah, I don't know. I because I know UNM UNM uh, or NMSU is trying to fight it. Basically, they're trying to get an exception to it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Possibility, fans in the stands, home opener, season opener, Cinco de Mayo at the lab. Could you just, just imagine the scenes that would be there? So I think that all determines on, on who's in charge of the state at that time, whether it's Michelle Lujan Grisham or whether it's going to be Howie Morales. Why would, no, never mind. I'm not going to bait you. I'm not gonna let you bait me into talking politics. I'm not gonna. No, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna say, the If it's, it depends on who's gonna be in charge. That's how would it change? Where would MLG go? MLG She's actually been rumored to go White to the House. cabinet. Shortlist for Biden. Oh dear Lord, please take her. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like. So it really depends on who's in charge, and whether it's Michelle Lujan Grisham or Hallie Morales. So a lot still up in the air. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year, no matter when the season starts. Um, I mean, there are just a few. There have been so, so many things to unpack already. I mean, Jacob, you mentioned uh, the the USL Championship final was canceled. Uh, Tampa Bay and Tam- uh, Phoenix obviously did not play the final. They are deemed the conference champions for their respective conferences. Um, Phoenix did not get hit by a meteor. They did not win the USL Cup. They still have as many USL Cups as New Mexico United does. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting way to, to end the season. I know that we were kind of we were kind of torn on it. Um, we didn't all really agree. How ironic was it though that we see Phoenix celebrating with fans on the field, where for their Western Conference final championship trophy, and then. Tampa is the one that gets the COVID cases that makes us close it down. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of weird. 
That was strange. I, I mean, we, Seth, you have been waiting, holding on to this for two weeks now, basically, uh, to bring this up. So you mentioned in the text when we were talking about it, when were they supposed to reschedule it for, right? And you mentioned the international break. USL's never closed down for the international break. And I would rather have them play a championship with two or three players missing for international duty than not have a championship. Well, I get that. I I see your argument. I do. I just, you know, you run into, there's a whole bunch of scheduling conflicts there, you know. That's, That's the only thing. I mean, could they have pushed it out? Sure. Should they have played it? I don't know. I mean, you definitely, I think the league was definitely trying to err on the side of caution as far as safety of the players and then dealing with the, the end of basically the league year and like contracts ending and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then could the, could you really see the league being in a position to a hand out the trophy based on a points per game match and giving it to Phoenix, giving all the crap that they've had this season or it going and being played and, you know, risking further exposure of players or, you know, if, I grant. I think if Phoenix won on the won on the pitch, I think it would have been better received by folks. But to just hand it to Phoenix, I just I think that would have like really been a slap in the face right. to a lot of people. So no, I, I never called for that. I wanted them to play the match. I just didn't. I didn't understand canceling it without at least postponing it and then trying to do something else. But but I understand that, and I understand the contracts, you know, being up. At the end of October, I believe, is when they're up. So, so I get November, that. I get. Uh, say that again. Eleven uh, November thirtieth. Oh, is it November? Okay. Yeah. So I, I just feel like they handled it not as good as they could have. Understanding that they were trying to be cautious, I feel like you just you just did all this stuff to have a whole season and move games around and jump through hoops and all this stuff. And then you, the most arguably the most important game of the year, the one game that's on ESPN, the one game that's going to have more eyeballs than any other game. The one game that's supposed to help you with exposure to casual fans. And instead of doing whatever you can to play it at some point, you just cancel it and throw it out the window. It just, to me, as somebody that wants to see the league grow and wants to see the league do better, um, it felt really weird. And then you throw that in with, you know, a week after we find out the cancellation of that, you know, we get Reno, 1886, 17, 32, 14, 11, 23, 19. I don't know what. Um, you get Reno folding. Um, it just, it hasn't been the best month for the USL championship, in my opinion. Well, and I mean, it's this off season has or now it's been the year of the co-champion. So if you don't think about it, um, Phoenix and Tampa are co-champions of the season, whatever co-champions. 
if you're looking at it that way. Um, but then, like, the very next week, you get co-coach of the year with Troy Lesane and uh, uh, I'm trying to freaking Ian name. Russell. Ian Russell. Um, yeah, with them going home with coach of the year. I mean, it almost, in my opinion, seems like the USL doesn't want to hurt people's feelings. And they're kind of treading lightly until next season. I kind of wonder if the if the coach of the year thing was just like voted upon within like their office. I don't. I didn't actually. I haven't looked at the article yet. Um, but yeah, congratulations to head coach Troy Lesane and head coach Ian Russell of Reno eighteen sixty eight being named co coaches of the year for the USL Championship. Um, Russell led Reno eighteen sixty eight to the number one overall seed in the uh, USL championships uh, playoffs this year. And of course we all know that Troy led our team to playoffs once again uh, after playing an entire season on the road. So I think it's well-deserved by, by both clubs. Uh, it's just, it's a shame what happens, what happened to Reno 1868. And we can, we can dive into that here you know, uh, for just a minute. Uh, yeah. The news came out. Reno 1868 has folded after at least four years in existence uh, all four years, they did make it to the playoffs. Now, the release put out by Reno 1868 mentions that um, it, it talks it talks about a soccer specific stadium. It talks about how they were looking to basically play, be on because it says uh, Reno set out on an ambitious project to be, uh, to be only the third professional soccer team in the USL to use an existing baseball stadium to play professional soccer. Uh, the club that designed a fully integrated partnership with a major league soccer team, only the second of its kind in the United States. And it goes on to mention uh, prospect of, you know, 1868 um, getting a soccer specific stadium was difficult pre COVID, but in a long, in a prolonged pandemic, it became unrealistic. So what do we think is really more at play here? Do we think it's that ownership couldn't maybe couldn't afford to build a stadium uh, due to financial hardship during the pandemic, or is it something else at play here? Uh, I mean, I've seen reports that says that the ownership group of Reno 1868 does own other ventures as well, some of which suffered greatly during the pandemic. But um, what do you guys think? I don't think you can look at it as anything other than uh, COVID-related death. Um it, I, they were, you said it yourself, they made the playoffs every year. They were consistently, you know, average in attendance, um, average to the upper end, right in there. Um, they had a, a good thing going. They had a good team. They had a good coach. They uh, just came off of winning the supporter shield, if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it just came down to money and the fact that COVID has put a serious hurt on a lot of things. So I, I guess it could be wrong, but that definitely what it seemed like to me, what it seems like to me is that it was COVID related for sure. Well, maybe he should have sold his, sold the Pacers to keep uh, Reno going. 
So yeah, the, the owner of Reno eighteen sixty eight also owns the Indiana Pacers of the NBA and the Indiana Fever of the WNBA. I would think that of, of everything here, like I get that the USL is not necessarily like a high margin business. Like you're probably not going to necessarily make a, a ton of profit, if any, off of it. But I can't imagine the cost being high enough, especially if you're the owner of two other professional sports franchises who play at the top tier of, you know, of their sport, of their respective sports to then turn around and fold fold the US their USL club. I mean it's just it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow, you know. Well, my understanding, the dear little secret about owning a sports franchise is it doesn't really get you a lot of money. Uh even even the NBA. Um yeah, if you have like the Knicks or the Bulls or something like that, it's a little different. But and the Pacers are successful, but they've always been a small market team. So I don't imagine he's just raking in the dough off of the Pacers and the fever. Um, so, and then, you know, that's just two of his things, you know, they, he's probably got other things going on as well. And if they got hit real hard with COVID, I know the, I know the NBA did, um, especially a team like the Pacers that uh, kind of relies on revenue sharing and stuff like that. So, um, to me, it's just wasn't enough money, no matter what the reasoning for it behind it was or what else he owns. That doesn't matter to me. It's just small league, small margin. And if you lose that margin, then you're screwed. Because one thing that United has going for them is that they're always going to have merch. The merch sales for this team are freaking ridiculous. So, Which can we get into that? The merch? Yeah. <laughs> you sound defeated, Earl. Yes, let's go ahead. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm super... I'm, I'm actually upset about it. I mean, granted, somewhere sure I have my United mask, which my wife let me buy, and the state somehow lets me wear. Um. So, Jacob, you texted us over the week and asked where you had the highest odds of winning the shirt off their back. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you went with, but I did decide to jump in that pool and try to kill your odds a little bit. Thanks. So I did last night, went ahead and I put my name in the hat for one of the jerseys. Um, Playing by the rules because last night was supposed to be the last night. And then you look at Facebook this morning and, oh, by the way, we're going to extend it for a little bit longer because whatever reason. So they announced Bees' jersey or jer- his kit a while ago at 6 o'clock, which I don't watch local news. I don't watch any news, to be honest. So I don't know who won it. Whoever won the congratulations. But I'm hoping that everyone that did not win decides to go ahead and pick Jacob's person that he picked and not the one I went with. Because now everyone that did not win tonight now have the chance to put their money back into it. So, so much for a fair raffle. Are you going to say who you picked? I mean, do you want to know? Yeah, because I didn't end up getting one, honestly. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, I went back and forth on it, and then me and my wife started talking about other stuff, and then I never went ahead and pulled the trigger. Well, I weighed my odds, and I sat there and I thought about it for a little bit, and I said, who would no one pick? And then I decided I kind of played by myself. Did you say Philip? Yeah, I said Philip. No, I say I think Philip has a weird fan base. Like I think Philip is, even though he's never played, <laughs> I think he's got some diehards that are just like, "Ooh, a goalie jersey." Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. It's the same as Ben Beery last season. No one knew who he was, but yet somehow he had a freaking chant. Um, yeah. <laughs> so At least Ben I got a season. Yeah, the person I went with only played one game this season. Schmitty. Yep. Yeah, I I thought about him, but he's local, so I wasn't sure. I think he still has some fan base. I to me it was between him, Sammy, and long shot of Parks, because I think too many people hate Parks. Um right. but so I was probably gonna put in for Sammy if I put in um maybe a Linvy. The two rookies, just because they don't have an already established fan base, but I ended up not going with anybody. I, I almost I wanted to put in for Austin just because I feel like there would have been more people for Austin than a few others, but not a super high amount. And Austin's probably was my favorite player this year, um, not of the big three that you would say with Kalen Bees and Amando. So, but I didn't. I didn't end up doing it yet. Yeah. So I, uh, I went with Schmitty just because, I mean, he only played one game this season, and then he was pretty much a forgotten soul. So I'm hoping that everyone jumped on the bandwagon to put their hat in on Mondo or Cody or Dev or the one the ones that have not been announced yet. I am praying to God that everyone that did not win the win the bees shirt this or bees kit a while ago, they then put their money on like Kaylin or Tanari. Really, anyone but Schmitty. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for when he he gets announced, and we'll we'll have a little watch party to root for Earl. Well, I'll uh, I'll let you know on Friday because that's when it happens. Friday at six. Are all of them? Are the rest of them happening on Friday? Yeah. So there was one. Those bees is today. I think there's one tomorrow, and then the rest are on Friday. Gotcha. Now I could be wrong. I could have just gave you fake news right there. But I mean. No one knows any better, so I guess it counts. Yeah, it works. So we got way off of topic um, compared to what we were talking about earlier when it came to the roster. And since we just named a bunch of players. Well, that's all right. I did give you fake information. Um, a Lindvi's jersey was was auctioned off today at 4.30. Okay. Beezus was at 6, and the rest will be at... Friday at six. Gotcha. So out of the players that we just named, or out of all the players on the roster, if you really wanted something from one person, 
and this was going to be your only chance because they're not coming back, who's it going to be? Which is basically try. I'm, I'm forcing a transition to talk about who else we think is going to leave. Yeah, lead us off there, Jacob. I don't. Uh, we talked about Romeo because uh, he was on alone. I know that he kind of was basically forced to be on loan. I know that Rovers uh, over in Ireland didn't want to necessarily get rid of him, but he had some visa issues. So as long as those got fixed, I think he's probably gone and he's going to be back overseas uh, competing over there. But other than that, I, I don't know. I was trying to think of the, like you maybe see Ryan Williams or Guzman move on. Um, because I imagine, oh, in fact, I know that they were on two-year contracts um, like Weehan was last year. So, you know, their two years are up and they are free agents, quote-unquote. So I could see either of them leaving and us having to do some stuff in the midfield, maybe Muhammad. But I, I think that the large majority of people come back. But if I had to put one name, just one, that wasn't going to come back other than parks, because I feel like that's cheating. I'll go ahead and probably say Ryan Williams. That's another cheater answer. How's that a cheater answer? How many games did Ryan Williams play? Uh, Several. He just didn't start very many of them. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like Devin, Devin's not leaving. No. Amando. Raiden, Tenari, I'm counting on them being two-year deals, so we still have one more year of them guaranteed. Schmidt's not leaving. Austin, I'm pretty sure they'd want to bring back. Brucey, I'm pretty sure they'd want to bring back. Suggsy and Salih, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to bring back. If anything, Brucey and Salil, because of their... Um, well, what's I just lost the word, guys. What's the versatility? There we go. Um, Austin, because he was the defender that played the most minutes other than Kalen Ryden and was spectacular. Um, Tete, well, we really can't afford to lose anybody on the back line just because we don't really have anybody back there anymore. Um, so who, other than Ryan Williams, Guzman, maybe Tete, I, I just don't see very many people actually leaving um, unless it's one of the rookies if they were only on a one-year deal. But And to be fair, it's probably going to be a handful of names just like it was last year. I just am looking for one from you guys. All right, so to answer your question about Ryan Williams, he played in 10 matches this year. No goals, no, goals, no assists. I believe two yellow cards and one red card. Sounds about right. Uh, I believe if uh, looking at transfer market here, I believe he has 31 appearances altogether for the club, um, two goals and one assist. One of those was off of his face. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, I can definitely see Ryan leaving, not necessarily because of the fact that he is a top tier player, but simply because he hasn't lived up to what anyone would have expected of him. Um, I don't think he's he was necessarily a good fit for the club. Um, and coming in and playing the roles that he did, I just don't see him coming back next season. Um, 
other than that, I mean, my concerns are, uh, do we keep Amando and, and Caitlin? Those are the two top concerns right there. Uh, you mentioned other guys that could possibly be staying. Um, Suggsy, yeah, I don't think Suggs is going anywhere. I don't think Schmidt's going anywhere. Um, I think Tete and Yearwood will get a look from someone simply because of how well they played this year. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't think Brucey's coming back. I don't think he is. I think Brucey will likely go back to England potential, potentially, um, and play over there. Um, as versatile as he was this season, we just didn't see, see the same level of productivity as we did last year. And, I don't think that Troy's going to keep him this year for the next season. Um, I think he'll, like I said, I think he'll go back to England, get some play over there, uh, develop a little bit better, maybe go into like one of the U23 slides or something. Um, But I don't know. I I could be wrong there. It's interesting to me that you, because I thought Brucey might be gone too. Um, But I did not peg him. I didn't put the him leaving on the club. I would put him leaving on himself like he was unhappy with the situation. So he would leave. He was unhappy with his playing time and his, his, uh, he would want to go out there and make a better name for himself somewhere else. So that's why he would want to leave. Well, it's I wouldn't entirely play. possible. I mean, he, right. he does have a girlfriend here now. Um, that's the last I heard anyway, and he really loved being here. And I don't, I don't think he necessarily wants to leave the club. I, I don't think he does. I just, I think it's, and I, and I don't think that Troy doesn't see him as an asset. I think it's just there's more expected out of him this year, and he showed a lot of growth. Like, and I think he, I think he fit really well into that into that wing back spot. But I just, I, I think there's a very real possibility that he goes back to England. See, I disagree with you with the with the growth part. I feel that Brucey this year was a shell of who Brucey was last year. See, I, I don't think he was asked to do the same things though. Like, I don't think it speaks to his ability at all. I think it was just, I, I think they asked him to do multiple things and they didn't ask him to be that spark plug offensive. Hey, go out there and, and use your speed and tenacious tenaciousness. We're just making up words over here on the Sumcast all day. No, you're, no, no, you're uh, good. Tenaciousness. Okay. Um, no, I I agree with you. He was absolutely asked to play a different role than he did last season. And so, see, I don't think how you can you can ask him to do something different and then be disappointed that he didn't do what he did last year when you're asking him to do something entirely different. So, if to me, if he leaves, it's not going to be because the club was like, "Hey, you didn't perform like we wanted you to," or like you we were expecting you to based off your performance from year one. So we're going to let you go. To me, it's him coming in and going, hey, I'm supposed to be this offensive presence and push and push and push. And yes, last year I happily sacrificed because we were needing something else from me, but I want to be in that other position again. And if I can't get that here, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I I don't see him sting. I really don't. And... I would like to make a friendly wager with the two of you then. No, Tampa, Br- Tampa Bay will not win the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with Tampa Bay. I We're not talking about them this week after whatever the hell that was Sunday night. But um, no, I, I 
no insider information on this, but I, I think Bruzy comes back. Um, I, and I'm willing to put something down. So what do you, a beer, a beer each sound good. That's fine. Sure. We'll give that. Yeah. Sure. All right, good. So that way, if Brucey stays, I get two beers. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I guess here's a, a beer question away from the Bruce cast. Um, what happens with Ben? I think technically he comes back to the club, and now the season's over, and he would be under contract until end of November. Technically, I mean, as far as we know, most contracts, you know, uh, are signed through the end of November. I would love to see the club sign him. Now, we know Cody went on on trial last season with NYCFC. Cody did decently, and so I think there's a possibility that Cody moves on. And so you have Ben returning. Ben's obviously going to get a look from somebody. Now, whether or not he actually leaves, I don't know. But, I mean, just think, if you if Cody did leave, you've got Ben Bowery, who just had a fantastic season, quite likely like goalkeeper of the year candidate right there, being our basically being our number one, and then Philip Beigel behind him. What is your hate on Philip? Who, Seth? Yeah. I have no hate on Philip. I would love to see Philip get some gameplay. Like I would love to see him. I don't know what Philip looks like. Like I, I know what he physically looks like, obviously, but I don't know what he looks like in in goal. Like we've seen him. The only time we saw him was in the friendly. Yeah. So, so I have no idea what he's capable of. I think just looking at his his size and and watching him warm up last year before matches and stuff, uh, I feel like he could be a freaking outstanding keeper. I just don't know. Um, I mean, he was brought in to be a contender for, for the number one spot to push right. Cody. And I, I am going to push back on your goalkeeper of the year uh, over there for Ben. Ben allowed a lot of goals. Um, I think a lot of that was how they play over, how they played over in Reno. Um, but he, he was not, he wasn't as good as Cody. Um, even if Cody has a better defense in front of him. So, I don't know. He was good, yes. And I would love to have him and Cody as our backup or him him as Cody's backup or him starting for us. I'd be happy with two, uh, especially if Cody moves on. So it's the goalkeeper situation is going to be something that I Cody has become such a cult hero here that unless he got a MLS roster spot right away, uh, I don't think he leaves, but who knows? Um, uh, who knows? I didn't think Santi would go to Phoenix last year. So, so it, it is a world of possibilities out there, but the goalkeeper situation, as long as we can bring back two of the three, I think we're fine. I think we're good. I think we'll have a chance, but we just have to bring back two of those three even if we just bring back one to be our starter and find a new replacement as a backup, I think we'll be all right. So, yeah. So speaking to some people on Facebook this week, um, Ben wants to stay. Um, that's just in some conversations with, with some people that they've had with him. He wants to stay, but I mean, it's ultimately up to what, Troy decides and what Peter 
can pay up. Yeah, and I think like it makes this league is so hard to cover the offseason because there's no information out there on money or years of the contract or anything, man. It's just it's so hard. Like if this was the NBA, we would know, okay, these seven players are signed still. And these ones are free agents and these ones have options and this one and this and this and this. And it's like, we know nothing. We can speculate all we want. And I can assume there's three players. I don't think Schmidt, Schmidt, Suggs, or Dev leave. But other than that, I don't know. It it could be anybody and everybody for all I know. Um, And it's really, really frustrating trying to cover this place. But Earl, I don't think we got your one player that you think will not be back. Brucey. Brucey? So you guys are both going with Brucey? Okay. Yeah. Outside of Romeo. Like, I don't think Romeo's coming back at all. Um, right. Again, that's just, you know, that's a lone issue. That, so I'm not even considering him in, in, in the discussion here. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think it's Brucey. Um, and to speak to your to your argument about Ben not being better than, uh, not better than the Cody this year. Now, yes, Cody had seven clean sheets. Ben Bowery had 17 more saves. And Reno eighteen sixty eight only allowed six more goals. Okay. So I mean, you could potentially say that you know Ben is in the discussion for keeper of the year. How many appearances is that though? I don't think it was all sixteen. No, because his I don't think his loan happened until after COVID. So I know he didn't he may play. Be it. right, yeah. And then I'm relatively sure there were like three or four in there that he didn't play. Um. He at least yeah. didn't start. We talked about that. That's why we were we were upset that he got loaned out to be a sub on the bench, right? For at least two, I, I imagine. Which you know, if he had seventeen more saves than Cody, um, in you know several fewer games, that speaks highly of him. Um, I'm just saying from the eye test, from what I watched, the Reno matches wasn't the same. All right, so Ben Bowery had 12 appearances with 17 goals conceded. And so that Cody had uh, 16 appearances, uh, well, 15 appearances with... Uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, RGV got canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah so three more, three more appearances and six less goals. Hang on, pull up the stats, sorry. Um, come on, come on, USL Championship website. You know you want to load for us. Oh, the thing is trash. I hate that freaking website. Oh, it really is. Like honestly, like if I had known the discussion was going to go this route, I would have had everything pulled up and ready to go. But right. you know, it, it's great to have to have this. You know, all right. And so Cody played every minute of every game. He gave up. No, that's uh, conceded eighteen goals in sixteen games. So, so one more games. goal. One more goal in three. Yeah. And I think five of those went to Phoenix. So, So, but no, I, I, Ben had, Ben had a fantastic season out there. I know the Reno guys were just absolutely like raving over Ben. Um, So he had a good season. He had a really good season. I was just pushing back on the goalkeeper of the year talk that you threw out there, especially when our guy didn't even get a nominee for goalkeeper of the year. So that's all I was doing. 
Yeah, uh, one of the guys in the USL tournament, he uh, reached out to me uh, when there's a chance to play Reno, and I know that he uh, he was really big on Ben, uh, watching him play this year, and, and uh, I mean, I love I would love to see Ben come back. I mean, I, I think Ben and Cody are both going to get a look from somewhere. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd hate to lose either one of them, but no matter who is here, I mean, Philip is going to contend for that number one spot, um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, even if Philip, I mean, even if Philip might stay, you know, you never know, but. I, mean, I wouldn't imagine he would be a, basically be here for two years without playing and then just move on. Right. I, I think he wants a chance to prove himself. So I don't think Phillip's going anywhere. Agreed. Agreed. So with Reno, Reno closing. And again, we don't know everybody else's um, contract situations outside of New Mexico. Are there anybody that you would want to see? I think I think Sergio Rivas is the obvious name here. So we're gonna throw. I'm not gonna let you answer it with his name. But is there anybody else out there from any any USL specific team? We'll let narrow it down to that you guys want to see us maybe bring in at any position. Chris Wondolowski. That's USL. not a USL player. USL Earl. Oh, my bad. My bad. And Wando is going to keep scoring goals for San Jose until he's 80. So that's not going to happen anyways. Andrew Carlton. And who might that be? <laughs> you don't, oh, you don't know who Andrew Carlton Andrew Carlton, Atlanta United player, got in a little bit of trouble off the field before uh, before last season last and had some issues last year. Went over to, uh, I believe it was the Indy, uh, Indy 11. Okay. Okay. And had a really good season for them over there. Um, wasn't necessarily big on the stat sheet, but he has turned things around both like both in his personal life and professionally and played lights out for, for much of the season. Uh, I think he could be an interesting pickup for, for, for us here if we were to give him a look. Um, and then another name that I would throw out there is... Um, what position is Sorry, he's a he's a he's a well midfielder slash forward, so he could play either of those roles. Um, another name that that I I think we might want to give a look to is potentially AJ Patterson from Charleston Battery. Are you just throwing darts at a name board over there? No, 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 no. I've been <laughs> I've been looking at this. I've been looking at some potential names, looking for some guys that that might uh, fit in out here. And I think those are two guys that could have a, a decent season for us next year. So, with conversation with Sombrero Man this past week regarding the same thing, um, I think I'm high on Tyler Blackwood from St. Louis FC, who's no longer a FC. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in 14 appearances last season, he had six goals, one assist, and two yellow cards, but we don't talk about those. <laughs> um, he was in the starting 11 63% of the time, but he has starting potential. Um, he can play center forward, left winger, and right winger. And he's fairly young. only born in 91 so 29 years old i'm i'm so happy that you called that young makes me feel a little less old <laughs> i think i don't know for sure 
but I think we try to target somebody from Phoenix. Which could be controversial. We can't afford to bring Santi back at this point. <laughs> it's not Santi. I I think what we end up trying to do is bring back bring a defender from over there. Um so Farrell, heaven forbid, I, I can't stand my guy. Um but I think we bring somebody that we has played quite a bit over there. Maybe Darnell King, um, who just spent one year with him over there. Um Maybe Whelan, some somebody that that has been there, that plays defense. Because uh, I losing Weehan, yes, we're going to need to replace somebody on the offensive side. Losing if we lose some midfielders and stuff like that, I understand all that. Um, I I think after that first year and our defense being so shoddy, um, especially if we lose one or two guys back there, um, Ryden, hell of a player. And I'm pretty sure you could put anybody around him and he'd be successful back there. But I think they look to add somebody somebody that has a, I'm not going to say championship pedigree because they haven't won a cup yet, uh, but somebody that has had success in the league and who's from a team that has had success in the league. And hopefully they can bring somebody from Phoenix over and show them what an organization should be. And that'll help spread the word that, Hey, uh, Phoenix sucks. All right. We've had a pretty roundabout discussion here. They've covered quite a few number of things. Um, and so in keeping in line with wanting to keep the wives happy, uh, unless you guys have anything else to close out the show with. So before we close out, uh, you saw it on Facebook. I'm not sure how true it is or it's right now. It's just speculation. Um, Jimmy McLaughlin was yeah since he roster. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. Is it still there? Do you know? Um, I'll check real quick. Supposedly it was on the USL website, which we could probably get to it next week. <laughs> Did this guy play for FC Cincinnati? Yes, he. He's been around the table, that's for sure. I do not see him on there. He made one appearance for FC Cincinnati this season. Yeah, I don't see him on there either. Um, But there is a screenshot on Facebook right now of him being seen on the roster. Yeah, I saw that uh, a couple days ago, I think it was. We'll see. Um, That's One thing that I got way more excited about last year than I thought I would last off season was the signings and, you know, cause most of the time it's guys that we haven't heard of, you know, aside from we had or writing, I mean, um, we kind of knew who writing was, or I did anyways from watching RSL. Uh, but Moreno brand new to me, parks brand new to me, Tanari brand new to me, Najim brand new to me. Like there was a bunch of guys that I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of remember the Tanari name and the Najim name, but that was about it. You had to go find them in FIFA see if they were there. <laughs> Trust me, they weren't. I bet. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about the offseason. I'm excited about um being able to react to who comes and who goes and and um you know really really see how they decide to make this team better. Um 
And I, I got to say, not off to a great start so far, uh, <laughs> losing Weehan, and that's about it so far. But but I have faith in them to turn it around and and uh, bring in a lot of talent to replace Weehan and anybody else that happens to leave and and come back and contend next year as well. So I, I don't think I have anything else. Um, I feel like there was a bunch that I wanted to cover coming into tonight, and we covered most of it, I believe. So, um, Seth, you got anything else for us over there? Uh, I do have one more thing. I'm trying to pull it up here on Twitter. Uh, it was announced uh, early this morning. Congratulations to Anna Swanson, one of the oh, yes. to the high performance program, has committed to Wake Forest, uh, where she will be playing Division One soccer. So, congratulations, <laughs> to Anna. Um, super excited to see someone within the high performance program uh, getting a look somewhere. Uh, I don't know how good the Demon Deacons uh, soccer program is, but anytime that you have an opportunity to play D1 soccer, uh, I think it's a huge opportunity for Anna. And I think it speaks to not only the, the development that she got from the club here, but also from uh, her, uh, her, her youth club and her high school. So, Congratulations, Anna, and I can't wait to see what she does over there in the ACC. Good call there, Seth. I, I had seen that as well, and and I'm glad to give her a shout-out and and see what this uh, HPP continues to do and, and who we can continue to develop. I don't know how it's been affected by COVID. Um, I imagine they haven't done a whole lot, which is sad, but um, hopefully we can get back to some semblance of normal and get – get the kids back out there practicing and playing with, with United players and coaching staff to, to build their skills up. So Earl, anything else? I mean, nothing more than what you guys already said. I'll, I'll mirror exactly what you said. I am excited for the new signings um, just because that pretty much was the highlight of my last off season was new signing at five Oh five in the morning or New signing at midnight because people hate sleep. So, Seth, when we get those, I mean, I'm glad you're awake still. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much my thing is I'm, I'm looking forward to these signings that do come in. Um, I, I hate to see the ones go except for one, which I won't blast him because I've blasted him enough all season. Um, but yeah, other than that. JPG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I, so when I, did, when I did my list, I did this list last week. Um, that was actually the first person I put. Gone. <laughs> Gone. JPG. Yeah. I I can't say I don't blame you there. I, but we'll see what happens. I, I think it'll be similar to last year where we bring back an overwhelming majority of our players. Um, and then uh, kind of filling the spots around them, hopefully with really talented players like we did this offseason. So I believe right now the plan is two weeks from today we will be back. Um, if anything crazy happens between now and then, we might hop back on and and do a little emergency pod or something like that. But we're def- like Seth said, the schedule has kind of gotten – mixed up because of not having a championship game and then not knowing when they're coming back and this and that and the other. So right now we are looking at still doing every other week. Uh, we'll probably take a break during the holidays unless something crazy happens. 
So catch us in two weeks, which I do believe is Thanksgiving week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. So I don't have a problem with recording the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So I, I say we we do that and then um, then we'll be back in December after that. So um, again, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. You got Earl running the Facebook page, Seth running the Suncast Twitter, and his own personal Twitter, which I'm Twitter and Facebook both this week were hellacious places to be <laughs> since last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so, be on Facebook today. yeah. So just if you get on Facebook, go straight to the Sun page. Just just look at our wholesome comment content there. Same with Suncast and Somos News News on Twitter. Email us. Find our personal pages on Facebook and and get a hold of us there or Seth's Twitter there. Um, Send some snail mail. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know what address you would like to use, Earl, but uh, I'll give your home address. It is seven seventeen. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, um, pretty close. to seven. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and other than that, guys. Uh, be safe out there. We got COVID cases on the rise uh, for whatever reason it is. Uh, so, so be careful out there. I know Fort Sumner finally got hit. Uh, we had gone forever without really having too many things. And now uh, my cousin has it. And we actually watched her, his daughter yesterday uh, before he found out he had it. So we're all kind of leery of stuff, but um, just be safe out there. Wear your mask, social distance, all that jazz. And uh, come back next, or not next week, the week after. So I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I believe it's going to be the 24th. Yeah, the 24th. So come back on the 24th. We'll be here. We'll talk any new signings that have happened, any new losses that have happened, uh, maybe some world football. um, Because by then, um, Tottenham might be top of the table. Uh, Not going to... Wasn't going to bring it up, but, you know, we've overtaken Everton on the table. Uh, Earl doesn't know what the Premier League is, so he doesn't have a team, so he doesn't count. Um, but, hey, I'm happy. That's why, Seth, that's legit why I wanted to get JJ uh, on the on the podcast because I know he's a Tottenham fan as well. So we Yeah, could, he'd love to talk it. We could talk about it and how, yeah, you beat us, and then we haven't lost since. So suck it. Um, yeah, but that's about it, guys. Come back in two weeks. We'll catch you then. And until then, it's almost news. You've been listening to Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Bidoff and Jacob Terrell, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff, too, on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Clean Feed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.